1: I um, I wasn't freaked out by it. I just took my, of course, like any other <laughs> God fearing American. I took my phone out, and I just started recording the fox in my front yard, thinking, "What could this fox do to me?"
2: Great story to hop yes, in on. Yeah, yeah, and, and about I, the fox.
1: Yeah, we're and we are live. We are live. Welcome uh, everyone out there. EXO Marriage. Uh, this is EXO Live, and uh, I'm your host Brent Evans, and we have Taiwan to my left. Uh, we're doing another great conversation today, bringing you a live show. That's going to be talking today with some special guests, and uh, we're we're here we're here talking right now with them. But we're talking about uh, there's a moose in the background. If you see that, <laughs> it is uh, it is absolutely in, in an indication of uh, where they are up in the in the great the the north the northwest in in Washington. And uh, Josh and Sharon McPherson, uh, welcome to the show today.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's
3: great to be here.
1: And uh, you guys are in Wenatchee, but are you in Wenatchee right now?
3: No, we are in Chelan. It's a 50-mile long lake. It's the second deepest lake in the country.
1: Okay. Second no, deepest. We're right next to it. Awesome. Well, you're second deepest. Well, Wenatchee's in between Seattle and Spokane.
3: Mm-hmm. Dead center. We're 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 like in the geographical center of the state of Washington, in
1: Wenatchee. And and your lead pastor's there. Talk a little bit about your church and also you have a, a marriage uh, you know your, your folks were, I, you know, I didn't know them all that well. But when we spent time together in January, I learned a lot more about their ministry. Just talk about marriage, your church, your lives right now, what's happening. And then we'll go, we'll go to some of the questions we're going to have coming up uh, in the queue. And hold on, just before you say that, uh, if you're out there right now, we, I see some people hopping on. And we're going to have some questions uh, for the McPherson, specifically re- related to family and marriage and parenting. But they have a story they're going to start talking about here in a minute about uh, their their family, they do have uh, kids with special needs. They have uh, two children that have spina bifida. that is a very rare uh, condition and, um, and they have a story they 're going to tell you that is amazing. It inspired me. It gave me hope that no matter what season of, of life i 'm in with my wife, that we can walk through it they 're a shining example of that. So if you have questions for them as we go along, please put those in the queue we 're going to be pulling those out giving them an opportunity to answer your questions. But I also wanted to tee it up for them to talk right now about uh, who you are, wh- what you're doing right there. And uh, you're writing a book. I know you're at a cabin writing a book, but beyond that, what do what you do in the, in the great state of Washington?
3: Uh, I was born and raised here. Sharon was born in Salem, Oregon. We met at college. Uh, my parents were involved uh, much like yours, Brent, in marriage and family ministry, both in the church and then outside of the church uh, in a, uh, nonprofit ministry for just right about forty years, called Life Track Friend Ministries, and their focus was marriage and family. It was my dad, mom's passion. My dad, God saved my dad in the in the um, in the the back rural redneck hills of Idaho, just drug him by his collar into ministry. Had a very real encounter with God at sixteen, and has been running hard ever since. And um, so I, that was kind of my context for growing up. Grew up in a home where. Um marriage was at the center, that the family was um, uh, prioritized in a very, very sweet way. And uh, my parents grew up in a holiness tradition, but it was never a fundamentalist, you know, we don't drink smoke, chew, or go with girls that do. It was a very sweet, uh, grace-filled uh, a holiness tradition that was very, very endearing for me. And um, my, I grew up with my dad as my hero. He still is to this day. I'm sure much like you, I want to be like him if and when I had to grow up. And um, he's just the greatest man I know. My mom is the most amazing woman I know. And so they homeschooled my brother and I. That was kind of the context then. And as we get further into ministry, I think one of the, the um, things we can talk about, whether it's marriage, ministry, or parenting is um, my parents gave my brother and I a deep love for ministry when we were seven when we were nine, when we were, when we were 12, when they would come back from a marriage conference that they had led and with tears in their eyes, they would talk about how Jesus pulled a marriage out of the fire, Mm. how Jesus broke the the back of a stubborn, um, hard-hearted man. And he confessed his sin and repented of his stubbornness, of his pride, of his adultery, of his, uh, of whatever his sin might be. And then he'd come back to the marriage. and, And we just got to see what it was like to be on the front lines of ministry. And so, I had a lot of friends, to be honest, Brian, growing up who who felt abandoned by their dads in ministries. It was, it was kind of the cool kid thing in the '80s and '90s to be the abandoned pastor kid. And I don't want to be hard on those guys, because maybe that's the truth. But but um, we never felt um, abandoned for the sake of ministry. We always say it like this: as a family, we never we never felt like we were we were sacrificed for ministry. We could, we together as a family made sacrifices for ministry. Mm. And that's a wildly, profoundly different experience, and, yeah. and we've made that commitment with our family as well. we told our kids, like, we'll never sacrifice time with you for ministry, but we will together as a family make sacrifices for ministry because the day is late and the hour is not, and there are people who need Jesus. And so um, my parents had, had a meaningful life in ministry, and then they chose to wisely bring us along with them in that, and so it just became... Uh, I, I say this in the best sense of the word: the family business. Mm-hmm. It was what it was what we do. We love people. We give our life in the service of of the King. And so, that was my background. I met Sharon in college, uh, and then we got married shortly thereafter. Um,
0: Twenty two years.
1: Twenty two years. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Sharon was a nurse uh, for the first eleven years of our marriage, um, medical oncology. And then we started having a family, and, uh, and that led into planting the church 15 years ago and all of the unique and fun, what appeared to be challenges and burdens that have become our greatest blessing in the life of our children. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. That's great. Well, I met you in January this year. We were at an event with a bunch of pastors, senior leaders, and y'all were kind of wallflowers. I didn't know uh, when I first saw you, y'all weren't really necessarily uh, people I had met, and so I went up to you, we started talking. We got to know each other. We have a mutual friend uh, in, in Mark and Grace Driscoll, and they, they were the ones, I think, that had invited you guys to this, this retreat and got to know you a little bit more. And as I got to know you, I realized that, you know, you're, you're doing work up there in Washington that is, you know, establishing in, in an area where I would say in the Bible Belt where we are establishing a, a center point for, for Christ and for the gospel in an area that needs it, I know you're, you're far enough away from Seattle to where probably the uh, uh, what was the uh, what was the zone that was there the Chad zone uh, the is, Chad
3: zone yeah
1: was not necessarily uh, close by Dude, but don't
3: get me started, bro.
1: I know, but you uh, you do have a point of presence in an area where I felt like it's very needed. And so, the, the congrats to everything y'all are doing with the church and with your ministry. But we started talking about your your family, and one of the things that really caught me off guard was. Just how um, unique your story was, in, in the sense that you know there are children that come into the world with special needs, but y'all really were were dealt a rare hand of two conditions, or two kids with the same condition. That's very mm-hmm. rare, and yeah. I felt like y'all have four four beautiful kids. I've seen pictures of your family, but the the, the spina bifida diagnosis is one that requires immense care, and y'all started talking about the amount of hours you were spending having to go to children's hospitals and me just knowing my personal life, the effect that would have on on me personally. And then, Sharon, you had a heart attack, had to have a, a defibrillator in the house, and all with young kids. Like this isn't like, you know, with kids older. And I felt like there was a moment where I was basically too much of a, of a wimp and a whiny pants. I was always complaining about stuff that wasn't really that bad because it felt like you guys were really – in the, in the throes of it but then your spirit was so good your joy was there your your fruits of the spirit were evident in a season where you kind of quickly just you know talked about all the 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 hard parts of it you really talked more about how much life it had given you all and i say that to say with all like condolences of of i know the situation but also praise to say you're you're a shining example of what it of what it means to walk through the fire in uh, seasons of of hardship and still come out with Christ you know being evident in your in your lives. And so talk a little bit about that story of of just the season of parenting and marriage whenever y'all were dealing with so much uh, uh difficulties with the, the 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 managing the kids, the the stresses and all of that stuff. Yeah.
3: It's a lot. I, I, you can jump in whatever you want. We, yeah. we um so got married and, and, uh, uh, started a family pretty early and, uh, uh LMA was diagnosed with spina bifida in utero. And that was a devastating day. Uh, we didn't know if she would, uh, survive childbirth. They thought she had trisomy 19, trisomy 21, which is both spina bifida and down syndrome. And there's, there's a, other there's a large spectrum yeah, that that mm-hmm. can fall on. And so there's a lot of unknowns. Um, we just got thrown in the fire. We, we, we were in multiple genetic counseling meetings where they were strongly encouraging us to abort um, our daughter because that would be the merciful thing to do in society. So we got to kind of see the underbelly uh, of some of the things happening in the medical world. That was very discouraging. And I uh, I don't – I try to cuss too much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, but I got really close oh, in, in a meeting with a genetic counselor where I, was, I just – I said, look. I said, I appreciate you trying to help this daughter God has given us your viewing as a burden. We are receiving as a blessing. Mm, So the only conversation we're having moving forward is to how best provide the care for her with whatever medical expertise that we, that that, that you can muster. And so, um, and so that was how we just received it. And to be honest, Brent, I, um, it was not always noble. I, uh, about halfway through the pregnancy, I I began to get very resentful of the Lord. And I went down the hole. We did it right. We didn't have sex before we were married. We, you know, you go down this whole self-righteous road all of right we did all the things right, and she's an all-American athlete, and and I like to hike and hunt out in the woods, and we have plans and dreams for this baby, and none of them are going to work mm-hmm. now. Like we didn't deserve this, mm. and um, and it was just a moment of of um, of I guess the kind of ugliness of my own heart coming out, where I thought apparently I deserved something from God that He wasn't giving me, and of course that's uh, not helpful or not good, and. And so uh, I told the Lord, I, 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 I said, why have you bestowed upon us this tragedy when we didn't deserve it? And, and, and that's not a very noble thing for a pastor to say, but that's what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like the Lord was very gentle with me. And he said, and he said Josh, he said, uh, he said um, tragedy is not your daughter growing up with two legs that don't work so she can never walk. Tragedy would be your daughter growing up with two legs that work and her walking away from me in her heart.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And just in a sweet, tender moment of, 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 of quiet tenderness with, with, the fa- with the Father, he just, he just reoriented, reoriented my entire perspective. Yeah, big time. In, 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 and so no longer was spina bifida a tragedy. It was a gift. It, of course, we're in a fallen world, but God was going to work through that, and his promise of healing is sure, whether in this life or the life to come, whether it's next week or when he takes our daughter home, she will experience a body that's fully healed. And so then it was just a matter of timing. And God's promise that he would get glory for himself in it all. Yep. And he would cultivate and deepen our joy in him through it all. We just came to a place of rest so that we could, we could take each day in stride as a, as a gift from his hand. And really for me, when I came to a place theologically where I realized that nothing comes at us that hasn't been sifted through the loving hands of our, of our providentially overseen Heavenly Father, it's like, okay, that's comforting. So whatever comes at us today, he's given permission for it to do so, and he's bringing it to us as a gift if we walk with him. And so that just reframed for me spina bifida, and then and then um, you know thirteen surgeries with LMA, seven with Gideon, four without Sharon in her heart attack. You you begin receiving them as a gift, um, <laughs> uh, not as a tragedy, and it, and it reframes how you see the whole thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Then, no, that's really good. That's really good. I was trying to think practically where we were at, like you were saying, Brent, when there was so much going on, um, when when Gideon was diagnosed with spina bifida, it was a similar thing. We went to the ultrasound, um, and Gideon is our fourth, so our oldest and our youngest, right? Our bookends uh, are the ones that have spina bifida, and I remember going to that ultrasound appointment just so excited because we were having our fourth kid, and, and we had two girls and a boy already, and the kids were really hoping it was a boy, and uh, for me, probably the, the craziest Blow was going into that appointment and mm. hearing for the second time mm-hmm. and watching the ultrasound tech's face again and going, I, this is deja vu. Like we have been here before. I can tell by her face. We, I can tell what she's measuring we, on the baby. We passed
3: the first test, Lord. <laughs> we, 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 what are you doing? We received the first one as a gift. They're giving us two. <laughs>
0: <We're>, yeah, <so laughs> I went
3: through the same cycle. I, I I'm not nearly as spiritual as I should be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty wild to um, step out of that appointment. I remember we went to the car. We had her. Would you please write down the gender of the child? And we went to the car and we opened it together in the car and we read it's a boy. And we both just sat there and wept in our car, just quietly, but not angrily. Uh, I don't feel like either one of us was angry. It was a okay, Lord. Wow. We, you know, the crazy thing about having two kids with spina bifida is you know what to expect. On both ends of the sure. spectrum, you know what's going to be incredible and you know what's all the difficult and the hard. And so um I think that was an interesting season for us, for sure, was that uh, that time of finding out, OK, two kids with who knows what, you know, level of difficulties for yeah. this young little man.
3: And so, to, just to explain for those who don't know, Spina Bifida, there's quite a spectrum of impact. It could be everything. There are major league baseball players in Spina Bifida all the way up to children that don't survive birth. Mm -hmm. So both our kids have myelomeningocele, which is the the most severe of the three kinds of spina bifida, and then the impact can be varying. And so um, that's part of the challenge, too, is you don't know what they're going to be able to do and not do. So for Mm -hmm. our daughter, um, paralyzed in a wheelchair, uh, basically no function from waist down. Of course, that has um, continence uh, impact. She has a shunt in her brain to drain the cranial fluid out of her brain, so you're constantly monitoring that. She's had multiple shunt revisions and, and... because hydrocephalus can be very very, very deadly mm-hmm. and, and damaging. Um, and then there's some uh, executive function challenges. Uh, and then, um, you, know, you know, having to, everything, having to, you know, calf yourself, you know, five times a day to um, enema, every enema's at night because there's, there, there's no ability for, to control our bowel or bladder. And so that's just, that, that's, uh, it's all, it's all uh, consuming.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and someone told us early on, they said, well, don't let spina bifida define you. And I was like, "Yeah, that's right. It won't define us." Yeah. And then about about <laughs> six months into that stupid experiment, I was like, "I was like, it absolutely defines us. Sure. It, it, it defines every moment of our day. Yeah, this yeah. is crazy." Yeah. yeah. And, and so I feel like there there can be this kind of Christianese, like shallow, yeah. you know, j- 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 just 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 pretend it's not happening. God is good. It's like, no, it's absolutely happening.
1: It's a reality. And it's horrible and yeah.
3: frustrating and, and it's it's angry hard. and it's messing my life up and interfering with the plans I had. Let's, let's deal with this, not ignore it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we gladly, uh, admit that spina bifida has defined everything about our family mm-hmm. in, in all of, in, in all of the ways that it does. And that's fine. That's that, that's, mm-hmm. What the Lord has allotted for us, and, and, and as soon as you kind of resolve that and okay with that, then you can start seeing the blessing in it.
1: Sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no question that God has used uh, yeah. both LMA and getting all of our children, um, but specifically their 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 challenges to shape, refine, um, sanctify me. I would be an obnoxious, self righteous, um, unbearable pastor if, if if I had a perfect marriage and perfect kids. God has used this challenge to humble me, break me, give me a measure of compassion and empathy I would have never had, give me insight into his power. Um, it's one thing to say God is good when there is no storm. It's an entirely another thing to say he is good in the storm. Yeah. And what we've experienced is the, is the sweetness and goodness of God, not only when the skies are sunny, but specifically when the waves are rolling and you think you're going to capsize. That's when I think God's presence is most is most
1: sweetest. Yeah. Well, y'all have done a good job of of giving that that backdrop on the story, and I, that's what I wanted was that you have an opportunity just to kind of share with the the world out there. I know you've you've done it before, but this this audience, XO out there, what it is that you're you're kind of walking through, and the really you say you're not defined by it, but the the rarity of that diagnosis to have it happen twice, it really is something that I think God kind of put in your corner and said you know listen this is you know the the burden for the blessing thing is absolutely the right mindset but this is something that i want you to have uh, yeah. awareness of to be able to talk about it to be able to showcase if yeah. somebody's in that world that you're yeah. doing it in a way that can be um a you know an inspiration to them uh, of how to yeah. deal with th- those those mechanics of it i cannot imagine having the that um uh, incorporated into your daily lifestyle of you having to care now for somebody all the time and find time for date night and find t- find time for just that that normalcy of of communication because most time most of the times with kids in the season of life that i'm in i'm constantly trapped by communication that's surrounding the kids so everything from school to you know we have we have kids with, with needs that are not as severe, but they do have, you know, uh, certain needs that we're, we're, we're talking about and talking about medication and things of that nature for, for those kinds of needs. And you just yeah. find yourself trapped in those conversations consistently to where at yeah. some point you lose that romance that, you know, hey, you look yeah. good today. Or, hey, I was thinking about, you know, you today while I was driving and I just want to say I love you. And those kinds of moments that can get lost whenever it's more about the the uh, you know the, the fire that 's happening right now in the household because it 's you know all hands on deck while there 's four kids, and yeah. you know two of them have yeah. have special needs, so yeah. going back to what I originally mentioned to you before we started the show, how did you find your marriage in that state, and how did you keep your marriage while you were walking down that, that down that road together mm-hmm. well, I
3: thought you want to answer first you go um,
0: well, I think I would say I think we we were given a wonderful gift in his parents mentoring us early on in marriage. And I think when we had kiddos, it was very clear to us obviously before we even knew that we had kids with extra needs that our marriage had to stay first before our kids. And so we had to figure out how to do that in every season, whether we had one kid or four kids, kids with special needs or not. Like there, there had to be a way for us to sit down and plan in each season because everything changes, right? Age of your kids, what's going on in life, Um, but it was very important to us, I think. And we were on the same page and in agreement from the get go, our marriage has to come first. So our kids have heard that since they were small, uh, like if we would go away for a weekend, they'd be like, mom and dad are going to work on their marriage. You know, (laughs) and that was just something they knew that we were about and that it was a priority, uh, in a sweet way over them. And so I feel like from the get go, we have said that to our kids and have brought people in to help make that a reality to get away um, and, uh, have a community around us because we're not doing it alone, especially yeah. if you have kids with special needs. And even if you don't, um, you shouldn't try and traverse it alone. There are people around you and you just ask the Lord to give you wisdom yeah. on who those people can be, um, to help you navigate it. Yeah. What are you going to
3: say? I was going to say for us uh, to, to, to what Sharon's speaking of, there was a, a fundamental conviction for oneness and yeah. I, 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 I feel odd preaching about marriage to the marriage guys, but, but <laughs> how, how we would say it is, is like marriage is oneness and, in our job is to cultivate, protect, defend, feed, nurture, strengthen our, our, our oneness. That's what marriage is. The two become one. It's no longer me. It's no longer she, it's we. Mm-hmm. And so we have to keep our we strong. And so we were doing that before we got married. We were going away and we were built before on we kids. before we had, excuse me, before we had kids, we were working on our marriage constitution, and we were building a, a vision for our marriage. We had a, a statement for why we exist as a married couple, and we had core values, and we had a doctrinal statement for our marriage. I mean, we were all in. We were, we were like the marriage nerds and all being led by my mom and dad, and so we had that in place, and then when this shock wave, or this this 10,000-pound weight got put on, on the shoulders of our marriage, guess what? Marriage can, can hold it. God's design for marriage is amazing. I've heard your dad say it. There's 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. Mm -hmm. And so um, my dad would always say, Brent, like this, he'd say, when you get married, there's this new little being that was created. It's the the being of we. Mm -hmm. And and if you neglect and ignore Mm -hmm. that little little being, it'll become anemic and weak and the bone density will be weak and the muscle development will be weak and the tendons will be weak and the organs won't be strong. But if you cultivate it and nurture it and feed it and give it time and attention and, and, and nutrients, it'll go stronger and stronger and stronger. And so, so by God's grace, our, our little we, uh, our, our us, our marriage, was, was, had a strong foundation. And then God put the, the, this, this, this weight on it. And, and in, in the economy of God, uh, the heavier things we carry in Christ, the stronger we get. And so the muscles of our marriage, all of a sudden, boom, had a load we never had before. And so we, we like to say now, the hotter it gets, the cooler we run. It's like, we just were like, okay, we just got a, a child with, with massive medical needs. We have to figure this out. And so we would go away and talk and pray and plan. And you can't do it in 24 hours. You need 48 at least, and sometimes 72 or 76, whatever and so we would talk and pray and plan. And two things give us oneness. And for us, this is my dad's teaching from day one, is we have to build agreements. If we don't have agreements, then we're not in unity. And if you're not unified, you can't, you can't grow oneness. So the creation oneness says you can't actually touch it. It's like fruit. So we live with a lot of fruit trees. So the analogy we use is you, you, you can't grow an apple. You can plow a field. You can plant a seed. You can water the ground. You can, you can fertilize the ground. You can train the tree and prune the tree. But God grows the apple. I mean, if you talk to a farmer, they'll be honest with you. They don't, they, they don't grow anything. They're about 10% of the process. They just try to create an environment where that fruit can best grow. And for us, we realize we can't grow unity. That's God's work. That's a supernatural yeah. work of God. But we can create an environment where that oneness can flourish. And so for us, tilling the soil... And pruning the tree and fertilizing the ground—that is looks a lot like building agreements. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's sexuality, uh, finances, friends, our time, our calendar, our parenting strategy. And so, when this new challenge came into our life, and then of course getting later with having, because it is a time issue, bro. It's like okay, if Sharon's gonna if she's in the bathroom for five and a half hours a day with one child, a day. When They were younger when they were younger, and we add two. That's 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 a day. That's yeah, exactly. all she's going to do it's that day is, is be in the bathroom that day. I'm like, we, we got to figure that out. So for us, we go away and we build a, 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 a plan, we, an agreement on, let's say, our physical relationship. And and, and the agreement was we're not going to let it slip because that's a, a, an incredible way to, to keep the fire stoked hot and to keep the tangible experience of oneness real. So we're not going to slip. And so um honey what are your needs what are my needs and we would talk very openly about our sexual needs in that time and we just refused to compromise we refused to to be consumed by it. and yes it's hard and yes you know i was batting a thousand yes. but and, and I'll, I'll just break on Sharon. i in, in in 22 years with heart attacks and children with special needs i have never once felt slighted ignored or put mm-hmm. off by my wife mm-hmm. She makes me feel. doesn't just say it. She makes me feel as if I am her number one priority and more important than our children. And that's massive. It is massive. If I, if I feel like I was competing for the attention or affection of my wife with our kids, I could see myself growing very frustrated and becoming very resentful very
1: quickly. So, Sharon, what is it, what is it that's given you that ability to be able – to give him what he needs, make him feel that way. Even if it's not the way you feel in the moment, like there could be, you know, a massive amount of burden on you, but you're still allowing him to feel that way. What's, what's been in your thought process and your heart to be able to do that?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I
3: am irresistibly (laughs) attracted. Besides him being a
1: male model. I've. I've, I've, So she has a bit of an edge on
0: most everybody else,
3: but yeah. But besides that,
0: um, yeah, Many days where it has been very hard, for sure. It is difficult to come out of a bathroom for five hours of doing medical things for a kid and feel romantically excited about anything. Um, That can be very challenging. Uh, The Lord has been really kind, first of all, uh, in just um, giving me the strength on days when I don't have strength to do all the things and care for people well. And he's also given me a great conviction, like Josh said, that our marriage had to come first. And for me as a woman, that meant the most important place that work was done was in my mind. A woman's brain is the most powerful thing she has uh, uh, in every way for her physical relationship with her husband, how she cares for her kids, what she does in her day. And I had a very deep conviction that the Lord could help my mind be renewed to do the things and to love the things that he loved and to prioritize the things that he calls me to prioritize. And so... um, uh, I think that would probably be, I mean, it's not really a, a, there's not a checkbox or a thing you can do to make it work. A lot of conversations with the Lord, a lot of grace from my husband and me saying, I just need a minute. Just, just give me one minute. <laughs> I yeah. need to go w- wash my hands and talk to Jesus for a minute or whatever. I, I just think, but there was a deep conviction that if our marriage was not number one, we would not be able to navigate all the Lord had for us. And, um, and that I just would const- consistently come back to that in uh, making decisions and choosing to do something. And the Lord in that, I feel like honored that because often he gave me great joy in choosing Josh first. And it wasn't a begrudging thing. And it's not like every time I had to be like, oh, okay, hold on a second. You know, I just, I feel like over time, the Lord really gave me great joy in prioritizing what he was calling me to prioritize.
3: Mm.
0: Um, and there was, there was fruit in that. Cause you see the fruit in your husband and you're like, okay, yes. This is good. He's being cared for. You see the fruit in your kids. Okay. Mom and dad prioritize their marriage. I was looking 10, 15 years down the road where it wasn't going to benefit my children. If I continually put them over him, they're not going to see the right model for what marriage looks like. And they're going to grow up and leave the house. Lord willing, someday. I don't know. And then he's stuck going, Hey, uh, hello. Hello. Like, you forget about me for 20 years while we were raising children, and I knew I didn't want that product. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a long-term vision as well is helpful to be like, this is hard right now. There's a lot of moments right now uh, that are difficult, but what's the end result that I'm going for? What my kids are observing about what marriage is and how important it is and what it is built to carry and how God designed it was um, kind of in the forefront of my mind a lot, too.
3: And I think, too, helpful, helpful in those days... Is we go away every every quarter every, every we try to do it monthly, but for sure every two or three months. And this yeah. is where your community of faith comes in. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad. We had someone in our in our in our community group just because we lead. You know, we have eighty or ninety. Uh, we call them groups. city groups at our church, and we're in one. We lead one because we're we're in community together. And they were much older than us and older kids, and they paid for an assistant to come into the home a couple times a week and bring groceries and clean the bathroom and vacuum if Sharon got behind and watch the kids. if we could get away for a day or two. That would, that would, we wouldn't survive without that. Yeah. Right. Um, and we would get away and we, we would look at the next. Cause here, sometimes it's like, you, you, you want to have a 50 year plan. Where do you want to be in 50 years? You also need like a, like a, like an eight week plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'd look how do we survive the next eight weeks? That's all we got to do. And then it'll become, well, how do we survive this week? And how do we survive tomorrow? And so we, we would have make a plan, very, very detailed and specific on the calendar, when we're going to be together, we're going to prioritize. So we were never more than two or three days or, or two or three weeks away from having looked at a calendar, prioritized our marriage, so we know that we're going to have time to connect. So for me, uh, because it's a two-way street, I mean, marriage needs to be two individuals trying to out-serve the other. And when it is, there's a sweetness there. When I sense Sharon is trying to serve me, I'm like, babe, babe, I'm good. We're good. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. And when she sends me wanting to serve her, then that draws out a desire in her to serve me. Um, if it was a one-way street, if she was just serving me or I was just serving her, one or the other would become starting to get would get resentful yeah. and, and and would start to close down. But it's the me wanting to serve Sharon, Sharon wanting to serve me, me seeing her do it sacrificially that opens my heart to be like, oh man, I'm good. How can I help you? And as we attempted to outdo one another, serving each other, you just make it. It's just it's just fun. And and I, I don't want to make it sound like it's perfect, but like it works. It, your, your dad sit over. Marriage works when you put Jesus at the center, yeah, and then both of you are moving towards Him, you're moving towards each other simultaneously, and it's sweet. And you got to laugh, and you come in the bathroom, and there's crap everywhere. Oh, and
0: yes, lots of floor, laughter.
3: You're like, Well, this isn't how we plan on things going. And <laughs> you <just gotta> laugh. <laughs> this and, is
1: not the Friday and, uh, night, Friday night we were expecting, but uh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've
3: learned to laugh, kind of dark humor, you know, we've oh, yes. to laugh things and well um, now, I, now laugh with us.
1: I feel like I'm mining for gold from you guys because the the divorce rate amongst people with special needs kids is actually a lot higher than it is in just a normal marriage the stress and I was in a marriage on the rock certification course with my dad and he was doing a Q and a session and pastors stood up it was as a man and a woman who were who were leaders in their church doing the marriage ministry and they just started talking personally about the the story that they had of of a special needs Kid that now was now an adult, they still had to exactly what y'all were talking about. Every single day required them to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, focus on their needs of their kid, and rather than the needs of their of their marriage. And you could just tell the wear and tear over time it had taken on their on their own relationship. And so their question was really about how do we find intimacy whenever we're just exhausted and there's nothing left, and we don't see an end to this. Like this is not something where as with normal kids, you see a a, a timeline where they're going to exit and go to college and get married and have kids of their own. This is a lifelong, um, you know, reality that you have somebody now that you have to, to care for. And I'd say this even extends even to now people with aging parents where they're having to take care of, uh, now, you know, a person that is going to impede upon their ability to, to meet, uh, the, the, the needs of their spouse and, and part of what i 'm going to set this question up for, because we have people in the queue uh, for really from all over, I see somebody from the u k somebody from California, somebody was from Cincinnati from Canada. We have people represented all around uh, the country and, and even internationally, and somebody mentioned uh, having an autistic child, which is uh, maybe a little little different from a uh, a daily process than than what you guys have have on your plates, but really, I think the underlying need is how how do you in an environment where intimacy has to be part of the culture of your marriage, how do you over a period of time consistently, you know, keep that at the forefront? I know I talked about a plan, but you know, whenever you have a child that chronically needs your attention and that can that can interfere and if you don't have the support that you guys have, how do you give people the daily the the daily you know game plan for their relationship to 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 kind of navigate those worlds because every day looks different you know you you have you don't have a normal day uh, I wouldn't think that there would be a normal day in most situations especially whenever you have a kid that's dealing with autism or or Down syndrome or whatever it is and and what would you encourage the the families out there in, in their daily game plan to kind of incorporate so that both spouses feel confident in dealing with the kids' needs, but also each other in developing intimacy.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um,
3: you can jump in. I the, I mean, this is going to sound like a bit of a cop out because uh, part of the, one of the things we've realized in this world of dealing with children with, with special needs is there's such a massive spectrum of, of challenges. And so the challenges are so different. So we've had some cognitive challenges with our kiddos. But that's very different than, than a severely autistic child who can't understand the words, I love you. Mm-hmm. And we have people in our church who have children that will never understand their parents telling them they love them. that's a whole different kind of mm-hmm. psychological, emotional, um, e- even spiritual challenge. And so and, and our hearts are very heavy for those kinds of families because we have them in our church and we walk with them. And they have adult children who are in their home. That, that will never be, able, never be able to function. And so um, this is going to sound more, a little more high level than th- 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 maybe practical, but I would start with it's the husband's job to figure out what you want. <laughs> okay, I want a healthy wife, and I want a home of order, and we want an intimate marriage, and I want a wife who's thriving, and we want God glorified. So what is it going to take for us to get that? And then it's the husband's job to figure it out. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, mm-hmm. but, 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 uh, what are the challenges you're facing? What are the hurdles? Do you accomplish in that in, and then what are you going to do, bro, to figure it out? And so I, I had, I had, I had an expectation of what our marriage is going to look like. And, and, and then the circumstances that God providentially brought into our, our life were not like that. And I was still on the road I had planned. <laughs> and so, and so that was creating tension. So the problem wasn't that God had not given us the ability to deal with what he had given us. The problem was that I was refusing to receive it. And so this whole notion that God won't give you more than you can handle is baloney. We think mm. that's dumb. It's it's baloney. The whole point of life is to realize that all of it is more than you can handle
1: mm-hmm.
3: and that God's grace is sufficient.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and And part of the point of Christianity is realizing that we come to the end of, Oh, I can't figure this out. I need the presence of God, the power of God, the leading, the guiding of God. And I believe that God wants to speak to every man and every woman listening to this podcast. He can speak to you. He can lead you. He can guide you. He can give you the wisdom that we don't have for your situation, but that he does. He's going to do it through his word. He's going to do it through Men like yourself, and and your father, and and your brides, as you put good content out there, he's going to do it through a community. So you got to be in the word. This is going to sound so. I, I feel like I'm in Sunday school class right now. You are a pastor. But, it's but, okay.
1: <laughs> it's your it's your it's <laughs> well, you your me, vocation. Of
3: blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You got to be in the word. You you got to be in the word. You got to like uh, Psalm. Uh, I was so frustrated until I came across Psalm. 19 and, and, and um, excuse, Psalm 32. Uh, uh, I would have despaired had I not believed I would see the Lord, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, okay, okay. I would have despaired, but I believe I'm going to see God's goodness in the situation. I believe that theologically. I'm going to believe it functionally. Mm-hmm. Now let's go try to find it. And so you got to be in the word. you got to be in community uh, because you Is can't do it on you your own. Yeah. And if you don't have it, it's, it's and this might sound kind of harsh or crazy, but it's the dude's job to find it. Well, we're not close to family. We don't have a church community. Then you need to move, bro. And, and, and I, again, I hope I'm not sounding harsh, but but if your child has the kind of needs that are burying your wife, you have some big decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, need to, you need to get her in a context and an environment where you have help mm-hmm. uh, and you have a support system because you, you got to go out and, make, and and win the bread. You can't be there all day. And so had we not been in a place where we had a support system, I would have moved us. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, I, I got offered a really nice job with a, with, with a nationally known ministry organization with someone who I admired greatly. And I yeah. they offered it to me and, and I turned it down because I couldn't move my family away from our support system. We needed that. And so yeah. my, my high level answer is, it's the dude's job to look around and say, what are we shooting for? I'm shooting for a wife who's flourishing, for a marriage that has white-hot affections at the center of it, where both of us are, are excited about living for the glory of God, no matter what may come, and, and then figure out the challenges to get there, and, and, then, and then overtake those challenges. So if you need a support system, go, go find it. If you're not in a church, you need to go find a church. If you're not around family, but, but you should be, maybe you need to move. Maybe you're around family and they're wildly dysfunctional. Then you need to set boundaries. Yeah. Maybe you need to move away. <laughs> you know, or, or it's like okay, uh, uh, there's got to be healthy boundaries here for our family so that they're a help, not a hindrance. And so, mm-hmm. the, again, I feel like I'm copping out here, but it's, it's no. A huge Ka- job to Catherine in
1: the Catherine in the chat says, first of all, she's from California, but she's praying about moving out of California. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. Uh, Assume that it's because of uh, Newsome and all the uh, yeah. the craziness there, but uh, she says I would say that's of the Lord. She says you're not being harsh; you're speaking the truth, which I totally agree with. I mean, I think it's I think it's important to you know figure out you know where your convictions stand and then m- maintain those convictions. I mean, if you waffle on yeah. the, the the values that you bring to the table, then then what are those values in the, in the first place? So I think if you're talking to families out there and you say you know first priority is relationship with Christ and your second priority is really community and support. You can find that even if you have a family system that that doesn't doesn't represent themselves you know ge- geographi- geographically in your in your area or maybe yeah. you don't have that many you know lo- loved ones living still, they may have you know passed yeah. on. There're still yeah. communities out there that God can lead you to that you'll be surprised yeah, at right. the at the um, yeah, uh, support that's, right. that's that's involved in those communities
3: yeah and I would jump in, I would say the Jesus has his church everywhere. yeah, and there, and there's nobody better at doing life. and there's nobody better at navigating challenges and persecution and tragedy and uh, there's nobody better than the church. And, and And so, man, if you can find a church and plug in, we have just found, the people of God to be so remarkably, miraculously, amazingly grace filled. Mm-hmm. That because God speaks to them and they show up with dinner and they say,
0: Yeah.
3: The Lord told us you were tired.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so we brought dinner. That'll put gas in your tank for a thousand miles. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean and, and God does that in his spirit born community. we're all knit together and God's designed it so that we're interdependent. We have a need for it as a family, and we're not weaker because of it. Right. We're stronger because of it. And so, maybe one of the things I would say the second thing, as the follow up to, hey, 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 dad, hey, husband, figure it out. <laughs> I would say is let people help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, it, because uh, my first reaction was, I'll figure it out, I'll get it done and then I quickly realized this was way beyond me, yeah. and so had we not been carried by the community of saints in our family, my my brother and sister-in-law, my mom and dad, mm-hmm. um, our church family, uh, we just wouldn't have made it, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah. um, I really, you need to hear, behind us is this army of saints yeah. who paid off medical bills, and bought groceries, and paid for assistance, uh, and dropped over into our home, and and showed us a home at
0: cost, and I mean, and stayed in a trailer at the hospital. But I would us. say y'all, y'all have been
1: very open about your needs, and that's been important because I think that's what something that uh, challenged me was. You guys are not ashamed about anything. You you feel confident that this is what God has given you as a testimony, and yes. for everybody who has a need out there, I think sometimes you feel like you don't know how to present that need to the body of Christ, right? The the Bible talks about some of you have the need to supply the need or have the ability to supply the need. Some of you have that need and you kind of have to match up. And I felt like y'all did your your job of saying, hey, this is just our lives. This is what what our needs are. And the body of Christ is able to respond to it. Taiwan has something real quick.
2: Yeah, I just had a quick question, actually, just to make it a little practical. Practically speaking, when the we is broken, uh, and one spouse feels like they have to carry the burden of of raising this mm-hmm. child. What can you do practically to get out of that and to rebuild the we to feel like you're you're in this together, and it's not one person's responsibility to care for this child or these children.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Good question.
3: Uh, that is a good question because um, what oftentimes get over gets overlooked is the caretaker, um, and 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 the the burnout rate of caretakers who are professionally paid. Mm. To do this is very high, let, let alone you know uh, uh, someone who's got no experience in it. Now, my wife was a nurse, and so she had medical experience. But you're you're just in this. You're thrown into this other world where you have to become an expert in oh, neurology, and yeah. you're like, I didn't want this, and and um, and so um, I'll, I'll let Sharon speak this. But 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 um, uh, the first thing I'll say, Taiwan is is um. I, I, obviously that there's complexity as to why is it broken? You know, is is there infidelity? Is is one side not walking in faith? Is there a believer and an unbeliever? Uh, But for me, I think one of the things that I was that helped me was I had to come to grips with the reality of the situation Uh, and and that, that Sharon was kind of in the trenches and I was trying to pretend that we weren't in the trenches.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) So Sharon's living in the reality every day of the situation. And I'm trying to pretend it never happened. And like, you know, like that Monty Python movie where the guy keeps getting his arm cut <laughs> off and he's like, "I can fight; it's just a flesh wound," you know? Wow! And, and I, I, you wow! Know, it's like and we now just he's brought it got up today. Mm.
2: Well, that, that is so yeah, funny so you
1: brought that up. That's great. Anyway, go ahead.
3: Okay, sense I touched a nerve here, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I just
1: I, I don't know what God is speaking through Monty, Monty Python, <laughs> Python, but we we just had a guy in the studio, Josh, who said that his friends shamed him into watching Monty Python for the first time. He finally watched it and said it wasn't that funny. And I said, "Well, it's." Only funny if you quote it later on, like the flesh wound scene, yeah. and then, you know, here an hour later you're quoting wow. it like it was it was the gospel of talk about confirmation. Of Monty Python, so yeah, that's nice.
3: a, that was of the Lord, no yeah. question. So. Oh, that's funny. One of us was listening to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's right. So, but, but for me, to, uh, to Taiwan, honestly, uh, I was I was kind of like the guy who had his hands cut off, arms cut off, and, and was hopping around on one leg, going, "Hey, look, we you to flesh wound," and I had a dear counselor friend. Um, who, uh, well, I guess I'll say this, admit you might need help because we were burning out. Uh, the church was growing. I was working 90 hours a, a week and, and the demands of, were growing on Sharon. And my elder said, you need to meet with a counselor. I was like a counselor. I am a counselor. That's what we do. My <laughs> yeah. dad's a counselor. We're good. And they said, no, we're going to, you guys sit down. So we sat down with, with Jim and rich two dear sweet men. And they told me, um, they told me, Hey, Um, it's okay to have two kids of spina bifida. And I just broke down crying because I had been trying to pretend that we didn't have that. Yeah, And so for me, it's, it started with acknowledging the situation that we're in. Hey, life's going to look different. I have to adjust my pace significantly. Mm-hmm. And that might be frustrating to my flesh, but God is in this too. And, and so behind a, a frowning providence, God's hiding a smiling face as soon as you stop fighting it. Mm-hmm. And so potentially there could be a broken, uh, 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 a broken we because one spouse is dealing with the reality of it and the other spouse is trying to pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the first step could be, could be maybe I'll say this. I, I had to go through a season of mourning.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say both spouses are going to handle it different too. There can be some seasons where it's really heavy. And I feel like similar to like mourning, people mourn at a different pace. I mean, there was actually a lot of grief and mourning in different seasons because you, you, a lot of things are lost for a child that you didn't realize you had hoped yeah. or that you thought might be. And I, that can be the case in, in every diagnosis and situation. And so I think there was a realization, too, that we were both grieving in different ways yeah. i was grieving by just working my tail off and being in it all the time every day every moment fix and it, never fix it, fix fixing it. it all the time and he was just frustrated and wanting it to just go away and so th- it. there was seasons there where we had to sure. give each other a lot of grace that i wasn't going to probably feel the same way he was for a while and he needed to work through some things so definitely some extra help from the outside with a different voice yeah. was very helpful for us yeah. these men that spoke into his life his elders that are a part of our church family speak into his life in a different way that I can't. Um, actually, but yeah. I, I, feel like their, their role in your life has been very important yeah. for that. I
3: hadn't thought of that, but we were coping with our morning, different way, different ways. Mm-hmm. And it was opposite. She was throwing herself into it and I was pretending it wasn't happening and that wasn't existing. And, and man, so I uh, like a practical example. is like, uh, we don't just go anywhere because nothing is easy and everything is slow. Mm. Yeah. And so I'd be like, hey, I'm Mr. Spontaneous. Hey, yes. let's go to dinner. And Sherry would be like, ugh. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> and, and
0: Give us a second. I'd
3: want to be in the car in 60 seconds, and it'd take us 35 minutes to get out of the house, and mm. now I'm frustrated. Well, whose fault is that? That's the idiot right here who isn't acknowledging the situation that we're in. And now I'm putting pressure on her. And so there, there was a, a, a season where – we were not on the same page, and, and I guess Taiwan for me it took me acknowledging the situation that we're in, and, and then grieving it, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and and grieving the loss of the dreams that I had had for our child. I didn't even know I had. Yeah. yeah. It, it, until I realized uh, what and was coming on anger. Why are you angry? Because she won't be able to be a three-sport all-American athlete like her mom. And then the question was, is that the end of the world? Well, I mean. Maybe not, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> could God be glorified by a daughter who doesn't play three sports in college? Well, yeah, but that's not going to be my daughter, you know. And there's all these stupid Terrible. things you have in your head, and so grieving the loss of of of, mm-hmm. of what I thought in my head I wanted, and 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 then and then coming to a place where I truly believed that whatever God gave us was better. Yeah, yeah, right. Because if I'm grieving what we lost. And not receiving what we have. I'm fundamentally believing that my plan was better. And the idea I had was better. And God doesn't know what he's doing. And he kind of He kind of gave me the short end of the stick. Yeah. So it was a theological process for me to go, no, I believe that God is good. Mm-hmm. I believe that he is all powerful. I believe he could have healed our daughter in the womb if he wanted to. And he didn't. Which means there's design in this suffering for her and for us. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was just pressing into the goodness of God. Yeah believing in my believer and in my gut that God is good and he's in even this, it wasn't until Paul embraced the thorn that the thorn began to function towards mm-hmm. the purposes of God. It, and it wasn't until we embraced this gift that, that we were able to get on the same page. And so if there are couples that are out there and the we is broken, to your question, this is a long answer, uh, perhaps one or both have it, uh, have it processed through the reality of the situation, grieve the loss of what they had hoped they would have, and then work through the process of receiving what God has given them as a gift. Yeah. And I guess I would want to say that with all my heart. If you don't have the faith to believe that, then borrow from our faith yeah. that God is in the storm, He's in the suffering, and He hasn't made a mistake. And what He's given you in this child is a gift, mm-hmm. not a curse. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing, not a burden. And, 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 w- and when that's embraced, um, oh my goodness, a whole new world begins to open.
1: That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I think it's important too for you guys to have an opportunity just to brag on your kiddos because uh, y'all do have a beautiful family and they are you know in, a, in and of themselves individually all great kids and just uh just kind of where you are in the season of life just just give a quick highlight of a, of each kid and how how they're doing
0: Yeah, so Ella is our firstborn she's eighteen uh, which is pretty incredible um so she's eighteen uh Levi is sixteen almost seventeen. Amelia is 13 and Gideon is 11. Um, Totally unique. Each one, obviously, (laughs) like, like when you have multiple kiddos, they're all so different. Um, And I, I would, I would want to brag for a minute on our middle kids, um, which is our, our two in the middle that are able-bodied kiddos, right? They don't have those extra challenges. Um, They have been given a really unique life and there was a, um, it's been very important for us to make sure we pay pretty close attention to those two. Um, It can be very difficult for siblings of kids um, that have special needs to feel like they get pushed to the side a lot and, and their needs don't get noticed because the, the needs of these um, kiddos that have extra needs, man, those come to the surface and everybody's got to run to take care of them. All
3: consuming. It can
0: be all consuming. Um, And so I, I feel like the Lord has helped us and helped the two of them um, and they will be shaped in ways that other kids won't ever experience because of the siblings they have on either side of them. And they have been gracious and are the most loving, encouraging, caring siblings to um, their, their um, uh, disabled siblings. Uh, They've just been incredible. And I think that's been a huge part of our parenting too, is really making sure that we're taking time for them individually um, because they're also middle kids who Mm -hmm. are classy or quieter you know, kiddos that are gonna, you know, make sure everybody's doing okay. Yeah. Um, and the Lord, I really think, has fashioned them and has used their siblings to really mold them into really unique and incredible individuals. Yeah, I mean, for sure.
3: The we, we the, again, there's just so much to, to cover here. But like, you're given this challenge, and you're like, "Well, crap! This isn't what I was thinking was going <laughs> to happen." And then God just uses it to form you and shape you. And then you, you see he begins using it to shape the ethos of your family. Yeah, and, yeah. and many families, uh, marriages we interact with, resent the road they're on. Yeah. And, 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 and if you can't make that turn in your heart, you just it's, it's, it's going to be a hard road yeah. um, if you fight against the providence of God. Uh, but rather, if you receive it as his gift, we believe that God is sovereign in control over all things, mm-hmm. can architect and move and shape and could grant healing if he wanted. And sometimes he does. And if he withholds it, it's not because he's angry or distant mm-hmm. or indifferent. It's because he has design in the road he has you on. And there will be healing one day. Yeah. And it, it may be that your that you're calling is to demonstrate to the world that, that being in relationship with God is better than having a body that works. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and and so for us, to, to brag on our two kiddos, Sharon was very careful. She, she said, I don't want to make our kids feel ignored, mm-hmm. who are able-bodied by spending all of our energy with those that aren't. And so she was very intentional about time spent with them. But then, to be honest, guys, we've just brought them into it. Yep. it it's like, let's not pretend this isn't our story. This is our story. Yeah. Yeah. And so how is God going to shape us in it? So I have a 16-year-old son. And he is more godly and more mature and more, and, and more aware of others than most grown men I've met. Mm. Yeah. Why? Because he's grown up carrying and
1: pushing the
3: and looking after the you know the wheelchair of his sister. Yeah. He's more prepared for marriage at sixteen than most thirty year olds I meet. Sure. And and, and so here that thing I was resenting has been the the very forge that has that has caused my son to become a man. Uh, 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 when most kids are still playing video games and worrying about making the team
1: yeah.
3: mm-hmm. uh, and the same with our daughter I mean our daughter is yeah. so servant oriented so I told Levi my son yesterday I said, you know what I love about you Levi mm-hmm. you're a leader you know why you're a leader because you intuitively con- and unconsciously are consistently thinking about others how to lead them, love them, serve them the impact of your decisions on them mm-hmm. and that's a life that's been freed by the spirit of God to have eyes for others not just eyes for yourself yeah. and son I love that about you and he just he just said, "Well, Dad, that's that's who that's what we do. That that's that's our family, right? Yeah. And so um, the needs of your of your of your disabled children can also forge great things in the hearts of your able-bodied children if you draw them into the process of loving service." It's
1: powerful. Family. I like that a lot. Well, I just wanted to give the world a uh, a look at the world of XO, the the look at your lives because I feel like the story just needs to be told and the volume needs to be turned up because you do give a lot of people hope and encouragement to to stay the course, to do the right things, that your marriage can uh, thrive, even in an environment where there's a lot of challenges and hardships. And uh, it's good to see you both. I'm my my yeah. wife and I, Stephanie and I, really enjoyed our time with you in, in January. And whenever you live in different states and you're both, you know, in the, in the throes of life, it's hard to, to spend quality time together. But even just seeing y'all to get together today just brings brings a smile to my face and um if people are up there in the in the center of washington state and they're looking for a good church tell them just real quickly uh how they can find you
3: yeah it's www.graycitychurch.com we are gray city church uh they're in wenatchee Wenatchee. and we have uh, three services thursday night and then two on sunday we live stream them you can find us online we have got a growing Uh, Wenatchee is known as the apple capital of the world and we're endeavoring to build the family capital of the world and so we got a 14-acre cap campus we have about uh, three four thousand folks that call grace city church home and some of the best people on the planet if you ask me (laughs) a lot of young families a lot of uh, intergenerational relationships Mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to start a school next spring we're very excited about and so there's there's just a growing robust ecosystem here for the family to thrive and I have two passions, the, the, the church and the family, and I, I became very clear. You want to have a strong church if you don't have strong families, yeah. and you can't have a strong family if you don't have a strong community of faith. It's one, it's, it's two pedals on the bike, and so uh, we have a huge emphasis on uh, raising stronger men uh, who care for their women and children, and uh, it, it's a growing, budding community of faith, and, and uh, if, if you want to help build the family capital of the world... Love it. Uh, awesome. Come on in. The water's fine. We'd love to meet that's you.
1: Awesome. Just bring your bear spray. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, bring, I don't want anybody... Bring, even... bring your bear spray. That's I know right. I know we are
2: rapping, but it was just on my heart. So can y'all speak to and pray for uh, the couple who is carrying the burden of guilt or feeling like it's their fault or something that they did, and that's mm-hmm. why they're in the situation that they're in? Mm-hmm. It was just something that yeah. was on my heart, and
3: I'd love to hear. Y'all speak to them and, and pray for them.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah,
1: and close us in prayer. That'd be great. Yeah,
3: yeah I... Um, yeah, the, Sharon had actually someone very close to her uh, basically put that on her when we were pregnant. Well, this is because you did this or you did that. And, um, and I would speak to that. That is from the pit of hell. Indeed. That is from the pit of hell. And, uh, oh, I just get angry thinking about that. Taiwan, <laughs> you got me all angry now. <laughs> because if you're out there listening to this and you're feeling guilty, uh, that's because you're, you're, you're feeling accused. And that comes from one place, the accuser. Mm-hmm. He's the accuser of the brethren. He wants to accuse you, and, and, and that is from the pit of hell. And, and you receive the affirmation of the Father who loves you, mm-hmm. who is for you, has who has forgiven you, who has done everything required to make you full and holy in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you reject the voice of the enemy. You receive a better word from the Father who loves you and is for you. And uh, we'd love to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we specifically bring to you um, the needs of those that may be carrying a sense of guilt. We could have done this. We should have done that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I did this way back then, and we reject that in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. We pray the blessing and the affirmation of the good Heavenly Father over their life, Mm -hmm. that they would stop listening to the voice of the enemy, and they would start listening to the voice of their Heavenly Father who says, I'm with you. I am for you. Mm -hmm. I love you. Lord, would you wash them with your grace today? Would you wash them with your mercy today? Mm-hmm. Would they just sit under the fountain of living water and receive your love that you are mine? I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. I have given you more than you can bear. So you would turn to me in need and then watch me provide for you in ways you could not have done on your own. Mm-hmm. Father, where they are weak, would you make them strong? Where they need community, would you today? We we pray for a divine appointment today mm-hmm. for someone listening that you would bring a helper, a counselor, a, a therapist, a friend into their life that they could speak to, that, that they could be heard from? Lord, mm-hmm. if there is a husband who needs to repent and to get a game plan, w- w- would you lead him in that direction? If there's a wife who, who who needs to be strengthened in her love and desire and her longing to meet the needs of her husband, would you cause that to rise? Lord, we could talk about all the practical um, Uh, um, specifics of how to do these things but we know that you can do with one touch what we couldn't do in 10 years of effort so we're praying for your um, touch from heaven to heal the brokenness to bring forgiveness uh, where there's been bitterness uh, to bring happiness where there's only been despair and to bring hope where there has um, been no just darkness and a sense of hopelessness so we love you father praying your blessing over all listening. Thank you for the EXO ministry, for their passion, for your word, and for your institution of marriage. Would your, would your blessing and favor be over them? Would you exponentially expand and um, grow their favor and influence around the world, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you very much. Well, I know you all are busy. We all carved off some time. Thank you for being a part of the show today and just sharing your story with the EXO world and uh, just uh, all... Kinds of blessings and, and love sending your way. But uh, we will uh, continue to highlight uh, what you guys are doing up there. And if you ever uh, want to come back on and just share anything else, we, we would love to have you back on just to, to talk more about Monty Python movies and uh, moose Absolutely. <laughs> heads in the background, the too. <laughs> so, many the things, yeah.
3: so many things we didn't get to today. Yeah, totally.
1: yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're gonna let, We love you guys. Love you, too. We're going to let you guys go. We're going to stay online here with uh, the EXO Live uh, group here. So just a qu- so, some quick updates we have Lakeland Florida coming up this weekend. so if you're in the uh, Florida area, the complete opposite area of of the McPhersons, uh, you'll want to check out the ExoMarriage conference happening this weekend in Lakeland, Florida, and it's going to be a fantastic time uh, with with one of our it's our last tour stop of the year and one of our last times to uh, to, to minister this year out in the in the, in the great us uh, in Florida and so go check it out. ExoMarriage.com, you can find uh, information for that. But then we have a whole bunch of conferences coming up next year you'll want to check out as well. I just want to highlight again that we have a couple of new books out, Married Into the Family from Dave and Ashley Willis, Fighting for the Soul of Your Child from uh, Jimmy and Karen Evans and Julie Albrocht for the uh, parenting book that's out there from Exo. And we're going to be delivering much more parenting content in the future. We have a brand-new podcast coming out with Dave and Ashley Willis called Parenting Uncovered. It's all things parenting, and we're really going to be putting more parenting content out there because I believe, especially since I'm in the world of, of parenting right now, that uh, the parenting element to marriage is super important, and I want to make sure that we have content out there to help you navigate in the marriage landscape. November 1st. November 1st. Undercover parenting. And you want to check it out, go ahead and um, uh, make sure you subscribe. The Exo Marriage channel just passed 250,000 subscribers. If I had a confetti cannon, I would launch it. I uh, appreciate everyone out there subscribing and being a part of the community, but stay tuned for more from us. And then uh, if you're in the area, just a quick, uh, this is a limited edition uh, hat from XO. It's got a, a XO on the on the front, but behind it is a Southlake color, and uh, it's, it's the green color from Southlake. So it's a limited edition hat we have here in the XO Press Store, both the white and the black uh, version of it. We also have some other merch here and books. And I'm just telling you, we have the best coffee in the area. Uh, I, really, I really am a coffee snob. I care about that stuff. And so if you want to come grab a cup of coffee, get some free Wi-Fi, see us record, you can actually, uh, there's a window right here. If you were in the lobby, you can watch this recording right now. And we really are just trying to incorporate EXO into your world. So if you're in the area and you want to get some merch, uh, say hi, come grab a cup of coffee. Please do it. 1021 Grace Lane in Southlake, Texas, the marriage capital of the world. Taiwan, thanks, buddy. You have some great questions today. Thank you. I yeah. try.
2: You know, the people out here, they just seemed like they, they needed those questions asked. They there were was a few we didn't get to, but we're definitely praying with you. We're praying for you. Uh, and I would love to be a part. You can feel free to reach out to me and I can get you some articles, Taiwan at XOMarriage.com. Uh, and I will love to support you in any way that I possibly can.
1: Yeah, no, no spam, just, just <laughs> questions. Uh, and uh, we also, we have a mediation team. If you're out there, you're hurting in your marriage, you need help. We have a mediation team that can help you and these are coaches um, they're they're marriage coaches but they can go in depth with you there's um, quick 60 and 90 minute sessions that we we have we also have one and two day intensives that we can get you connected with go to go to xomarriage.com, go to the help section and that's all lined out there for you we really want to be able to help you every single day in your relationship all right thanks for watching everyone I hope this this was helpful for you if you want to put in the, the comments future topics you want to cover um, I have some things on on my heart, in my mind, and Taiwan and I will be uh, delivering more content every week. But um, I really want to hear from you as well. So if you're out there, you want to want to hear specifically on a certain topic. If you're if you're going through something, we want to hear that so we can incorporate that into what we're doing here. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.